0: your home of the best pens coverage wxdx
1: fm pittsburgh
0: the washington capitals are defending stanley cup champions And if last night is any indication, they are still very much a juggernaut. They routed Boston 7 0 at DC last night. But on the evening the Capitals raised their banner, the Capitals proved what a low-rent organization they really are. First off, during the banner ceremony, there was no mention whatsoever of Barry Trotz, he wasn't mentioned verbally. His picture wasn't shown once on the Jumbotron. Barry Trotz coached the Capitals to their first Stanley Cup ever, and they erased him from their history inside a couple months. That defines low rents. Ain't Trotz's fault they wouldn't extend his deal. He wrote it out, won a cup, got mega money, much more than he would have made, staying in D.C. And then Capitals players defended Tom Wilson after Wilson got suspended for 20 games. Open ice hit, incidental contact, head down, what about Marshawn, blah, 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 blah. Now, I understand that Wilson is their teammate, but that hit is indefensible, and so I would advise to not say anything. You got a Nimrod like T.J. Oshie, practically weeping on Wilson's behalf but what if it was Oshis melon that got caved in the moral of the story is anyone can win the Stanley Cup but it takes a little more effort class and intelligence to be a champion Brought to you by 84 Lumber. Helping to build the right way since 1956. Uh, T.J. Oshi last night was all about what about-ism. What about Marshawn? Look how cheap he is. And Marshawn is. He took a cheap shot at Lars Eller last night because he thought Eller celebrated the goal that made the score 7-0 Washington a little too much. Uh, Marshawn is ridiculous but what Wilson did was indefensible the Caps media is rallying around Wilson Uh, Scott Paulson's nephew Grant he's on the radio in DC and he's beating the drum in absolutely foolish fashion if I wasn't such a fan and friend of Scott I would take him to more task but uh, that also is what Homer media does and it's not his job to make people in Pittsburgh happy But uh, it's not mine either, that's why, I mean, true is true, right is right, and you can't defend what Wilson did. There's no way to do it. Uh, You may recall, I didn't defend or endorse Matt Cook, and eventually I joined even Penguins management saying enough is enough. Uh, I like Todd Reardon, the new head coach, with Washington assistant last year and a few seasons before that. I like Brooks Orpic I have a lot of respect for Alex Ovechkin. But omitting Barry Trotz, not even mentioning his name or showing him on the Jumbotron, that sucks. That's even worse than defending Wilson. That's just teammate stuff, you know, talking that Wilson shouldn't have got 20. But erasing Trotz is petty. Tom uh, Terrell Owens no-showed the NFL Hall of Fame, but they still inducted him, and they still mentioned him. Your thoughts, 412 9939 is the number to call. We normally don't take calls the first hour, but we've not gotten many today, and I think it's because I'm not following the current... 101 formula for Pittsburgh Sports Talk Radio. So let me join the pack and increase the volume of the echo chamber by saying, what's Lev going to do? What about Lev? They going to get Lev back? How are they going to do once Lev gets back? What are they going to do about Lev? When's Lev coming back? It is such absolute nonsense to even talk about that guy anymore. But it's all I hear. Before, frankly, I turn over to Sirius. I know it's what people want to rehash over and over and over again. I'm not going to do it. I've done it too much. I'll do it again, but not as much as everybody else. It just makes me absolutely ill. And he won't be enough. They won't win nine out of ten when he comes back. Like Jerry Dulek said, he's not going to be in the shape to rally them or to even play that much initially, which is why I wouldn't bring him back at all. If they're 2-3-1, 1-4-1, and and you don't know what kind of shape he's going to be in, you might not get even what they got out of Bell last year, which wasn't up to his usual standard. I'd trade the guy for just about anything that I could get. But I said you're just going to bring him back because, and this is where the Steelers, I don't get it. I think they feel like there's some kind of connection between the organization and Bell. Not moving forward, but hey, he's on our team. This was our year. Yo, our junior, Coach Tomlin, Kevin Colbert, everybody involved. You need to look around. This ain't your year. If it turns out to be your year, that would be just an unbelievable turnaround. Uh, not in terms of record, because, you know, four games is only four games, but... This team looks rotten, looks confused, looks disorganized. Even the good players ain't playing well. So I just don't see an upside of bringing back Levy on Bell. But it just feels like they're going to. Feels like they're going to. And just throw him in that locker room and wait for him to get ready to play. What if you bring Bell back? What if you're 2-3-1 when Bell comes back? Two, three, and one. But he's not even really ready to play for two or three weeks. Who knows what your record is at the end of those two and three weeks two or three weeks? I-, I just I see zero upside to bring the guy back. And the only reason any of you do is because you're cockeyed optimists who can't see how confused and disjointed the Steelers are, or because you got him in Fantasy League. Fantasy League has skewed the way we look at everything. This should be good. Let's go to the diplomat from North Hills. Diplomat, you're on with Mark Madden. How are you, Mark? Great. Hey, uh, you touched on it earlier. I'll be at the game on Sunday. To me, I feel like uh, they lose this one. It's pretty much done for the season.
1: Between momentum, the whole Bell thing that you just got done talking about, and uh, I mean, I think Atlanta's going to carve us up. What? What? Do you agree, or do you think? think I think
0: Atlanta's going to score a lot of points. I think Pittsburgh has the potential against their defense to score a lot of points as well. And, and this shows the the nonsense of, of having a great offense and a bad defense because the cockeyed optimists, and some of them coach the Steelers and run the Steelers, the cockeyed optimists among us think, well, we'll outscore everybody. We'll, we'll beat them 42-38, to 38, no problem. You, you can't do that every game, and you can't even do it often enough, and you won't do it often enough in the playoffs – If you're fortunate enough to get there, they needed, like I said earlier, I don't know what their plan is now. And it's too late to do what admittedly I probably didn't think was as important then as I do now, but they needed to do whatever was necessary. Trade up, you know, trade bell, and then use that money to get a guy. They needed to do better replacing Ryan Shazier because that three, four base revolves around linebackers and their linebackers suck. Dupree sucks. Uh, so John Bostic is playing. Is too, the no, not the done, I'm not done talking. John Bostic's playing okay, but he's still John Bostic. Vince Williams is a good sidekick to Ryan Shazier. Other than that, he's average. And TJ Watt had one great game and has since been invisible. Okay, now your turn. I was just going to say, coming off, you know, losing to Baltimore at home like that, thinking
1: uh, divisional, divisionally. Uh, As far as the season goes, it it makes you wonder if they're even going to be able to win the division, even if they weren't to win this Sunday against Atlanta at home.
0: I don't think they're going to win the division. There's no logic that points to them winning the division now. I mean, let me ask you you, what do do you want them to do with Bell? Do you want them to bring him back? No, no, no. I mean, all, all throughout the years since I was little, they've never been to a player. And the way he's made them look foolish now. They oh, just no, no, no. They, they bend to players like that all the time now. This is just the most graphic, and tangible example of doing so. But I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to speak in the real. It's not about whether I think Lev Bell's a dink. I do. It's not whether I think he'll be in football shape when he gets back, because I don't. But let's go total best-case scenario. He comes back. He's in real good shape. He won't be, but let's go. Best case scenario. Let's let's imagine that. I just don't think, given how bad the team's been so far, he rallies them to the point where they win eight out of ten or nine out of ten, which is what they're going to need to do. Thank you for the call, diplomat. Four one two three 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 ninety nine thirty nine at the bottom of the hour. We talk hockey with Josh Owey of the Athletic.com. I'm at Buford's Fifth Avenue, right across the street from PPG Paints Arena. We got 16-ounce Bud Light aluminum pints for four bucks. Pints, that's very English. 105.9 The X. This is Evgeny Malkin, and you are listening to Mark Madden on 105.9 The X. It's a cliché topic to talk about Le'Veon Bell and smoking pot, and no suspensions. Everybody asks, do you think he's whole now because he's been getting high and he knows he'll flunk a drug test? And I've dismissed that. I think there's too much money at stake for him to be that stupid. Then again, there's every chance Le'Veon Bell is that stupid. I just hope he's being guided by people smarter than he is. Then again, that agent, Bakari, I have to kind of wonder. But something Jerry Dulac said got me rethinking that situation because the Steelers are going to have Bell take a physical before he signs his franchise tender, if indeed he comes back, as he told ESPN is planning to. Bell is not a union member currently because he hasn't signed that tender. He's not under contract, so he's not part of collective bargaining. What if the Steelers asked him to pass a drug test before they let him sign the tender? He could refuse, certainly, but with Bell not being signed, I think the Steelers would have the right to ask that. And if I'm the Steelers, I definitely would. Because there's no sense signing him. Then he gets suspended right away when inevitably, because he's on level two of the drug program, he gets tested not long after signing the tender. So if I were the Steelers, I would want Lev Bell to pass a drug test. Here's a tweet from Brother Hezekiah. If Atlanta goes out and scores 40-plus points, and puts up over 500 yards, and beats the Steelers to make them 1-3-1, and does Keith Butler have a job on Monday? That's from Hezekiah, at Mark Madden X is where you can tweet me, and uh, that of course refers to defensive coordinator Keith Butler. The Steelers just don't fire coaches at all, head coaches, And I can't remember the last time they fired a coordinator or an assistant coach in the middle of the season. I just don't know what upside they would see to that or that there would be to that because you can't put in a whole new defensive system in midseason. So I think that uh, Butler and uh, Fickner are on safe ground for the rest of the season no matter how the season goes. I do think in the long run, though, that if anybody among the head coach and two coordinators is on thin ice, it's got to be Keith Butler because this is a friggin' nightmare. They kind of nudged LeBeau aside because they wanted to promote Butler, and he ain't got it done. He was a lot better with Ryan Shazier, but you'd expect he would be. He's a lot worse now with John Bostic. You'd also expect he would be. But when I see uh, guys like Hayward and Tuitt and Watt and Hayden—not so much Hayden, but the other three being mostly invisible—I wonder about scheme. I wonder about substitution, as Jerry Dulac said, that they don't want any of the defensive linemen to be in there more than three plays in a row, and that Hayward and Tua didn't play 20 snaps in the loss to Baltimore. That's absolute insanity. That's putting your preconceived system over what's actually happening out there on the field. Let's go to uh, Ashley Schaefer. I believe he's from Ashley Schaefer BMW. Super genius! It's a good buddy, Ashley Schaefer. Ashley BMW. Woo! Ashley BMW. Woo! Ashley BMW. Woo! Good day, my friend. Schaefer's you on got? the road today. I just uh, drove past the medical marijuana facility in Squirrel Hill, and sure enough, I see Levy on Bell walking out with a Twix in his hand. First off, I don't believe you. Second off, what's the significance of him having a Twix in his hand? Be stoned to the bone. <laughs> Not bad, Ashley. Good stuff. All you bitches, take my shot. Woo! All right. Ashley and I got to get our timing back down. That's his first call in a while. Let's go to uh, Grant on Route 79. Grant, you're on with Double M.
1: Hey, Mark. It's good to have
0: some hockey talk back. Um, I I do want to say this. I I don't know
1: if if there's a team that maybe has the depth of the Penguins as far as, you know, what you have up, up top. You've got, you said, Gino, and then the fourth line last year, I believe, was if I'm not mistaken, I think it was Scott Wilson, Greg McKegg, and
0: Tom Kunackle. Well, Scott uh, Wilson was sent packing, but uh, but yeah, they've improved their fourth line and their third line. Uh, no doubt on that. Uh, I, I don't know if there's a team out there that might have more depth than the Penguins. Maybe somebody does, but I don't think any team is close to being as good up top and as good with depth as Pittsburgh is right now. Do you have any concern with uh, what they have in Wheeling to bring up? I know there's Bluger, there's possibly DePauli. I mean, uh, mean Wilks. If if they dipped on Wheeling, then the season's gone far worse than, than we'd hoped. Uh, right. Uh, I mean, Teddy is a forward they could bring up in a pinch. I, I think Ricola is eventually going to go to Wilks, probably sooner or not later. I, I think they have enough. I, I think if it ever gets to a point where... So many guys are hurt that you're going down the depth chart at Wilkes. That isn't a matter of not having enough depth. That's a matter of having too many injuries. Let's talk to Mike and Mars. Mike, real quick, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mark, you know, I wanted to ask you, with teams seemingly having the ability to manipulate this defense, do you think Atlanta's going to sit back in that hard like like uh, too deep zone, keep everything up front, give it, not give them the deep ball, not respect the running back? Well, I wouldn't respect the running back. I think he's a, a second stringer. Uh It is a copycat league, but that Falcons defense isn't good and that Ravens defense is good, and that's all the people need to know. Uh, It's not a matter of being a copycat. It's a matter of the Ravens having way more talent and and having had the number one ranked defense in football up to this point in the season. Up next, he is live here at Buford's on 5th Avenue. From TheAthletic.com, it's Josh Owey. Hockey talk hot and heavy up next on 105.9. This is Brian Newman of the Pittsburgh Penguins. You're listening to Mark Madden in the best hockey talk on 105.9 X. Oh, if only the microphone had been on 90 seconds ago. Wow. I'm joined now here live at Buford's Fifth Avenue by Josh Show. He covers the Penguins and hockey for the athletic.com. Uh Josh, I got a new way of looking at Sprong on the fourth line, and I want to see what you think. I think he's just there to have someplace to put him until either Hornquist or Kessel gets hurt. I think they think that's his biggest value is insurance if they need to flip somebody up a couple spots at right
2: wing. Could be. I mean, I don't love him on the fourth line. I'm sure you probably don't either. But when you look at the depth chart, who are you going to replace him with? You know, you going to move Hornquist for him or Kessel? No, I mean, you're not. Those guys are better players. And uh, the Penguins are not really in the business of developing players. They're they're trying to win, so I get it. And in that case, Braun could be very useful because somebody will get hurt at some point. Yes, now, uh, Hornquist especially, he, just the way he plays, he's not going to play 82 games. You know that going he's in. He's
0: going to miss 10, 12-ish games, best-case
2: scenario. And he usually does, and that's fine. And, and In which case, yeah, Sprong will get his look at that point. I think that's what we all want to see. We want to see Sprong get 10 games with Sid or Gino just to see how he looks. And, and I think we will see it at some point. But I, I don't really have a problem with how the Penguins are going about it. Oh, no,
0: me neither. I actually love that they've concluded, as did I probably before they did, that Russ needs to play right wing and not left wing, so he's your third-line right wing. And playing with Shane and Cullen, I don't think that'll be a chip-and-chase fourth line. I think Sprong might not get the minutes he'd like, but I think they'll play proper hockey.
2: Yeah, they aren't really your classic fourth-liners, and Cullen especially, he is so smarter. At his age, we should call him wise. He's so wise on the S. He knows how to play with good players. In his last go-around with the Penguins, he would get a game here and there with Sidor He would play well with them. You don't want him there all the time but he is talented enough and fast enough and smart enough to play with Sprong and to help him along a little bit so I, i'm of all the penguins lines it's funny you know what you're going to get really from the other three i am fascinated to see how that fourth line looks because it is kind of an odd mix of players but uh, you know colin and shane are so reliable that i think they'll keep it together rather, whether whether Sprong struggles or not
0: well like jerry the king lawler once said josh with age comes wisdom <laughs> or sometimes you just get old uh, the Penguins have great depth, don't they? Uh, yeah. Well, depth, perhaps, certainly the best depth of the Rutherford era, and maybe the best depth dating back to the '09 team when Latang was a was a third pair
2: defenseman. Yeah, you can certainly make that argument. And you know, for all of the accolades that Jim Rutherford properly receives, uh, two summers ago, the summer of '17, he did not have a great summer. And as a result, the Penguins started last season with Greg McHague as a third-line center. I don't even remember who the fourth-line center was. I actually don't, I cover the team. That's bad.
0: It was Carter Rowney.
2: That's why I don't remember.
0: When he (laughs) wasn't a right-wing or whatever.
2: He scored a goal last night for the Ducks, by the way. Congratulations to Carter. But, uh, no, they're in so much better of a position right now with Broussard and, and Shea in down the middle. You can put Cullen in there, of course. Um, Teddy Bluger, by the way, I think is NHL ready. He's just in the wrong organization right now. So they are way deeper. And even on the blue line now with Jack Johnson here, Ricola, you know, he might be really good. I've I've talked with a lot of people in the locker room the last couple of days, and they all seem pretty sold on this guy. So you have eight legitimate NHL defensemen. There's not many teams that can say that. Uh, And they will
0: need every one of them before it's all over.
2: Of course they will. And they were actually pretty healthy last year, which is the amazing thing, even after all the hockey they had played. But let's be honest, people are going to get hurt. We know that. And that's why I think the Penguins are in great position to win the division. They're just so much deeper. And, yeah, you need that depth in the playoffs, but you need it in the regular season too. When an, an important player is out for a couple of weeks in January, and you can fill in Ricola or someone like that. That makes a huge difference. And, uh, yes, this is, I think, the deepest the Penguins have been, certainly in the Rutherford era.
0: I laugh when I get told that Latang's going to play less minutes. In fact, LeTang <laughs> was on the show yesterday, and he didn't laugh at that, but he, he dots it's going to happen, Josh. I think he's still going to get a pretty big workload, especially in tight games.
2: You know, it was back in June. Jim Rutherford had a meeting just with a few of the beat writers, and he said, you know, we got to keep Tanger around 22, 23 minutes. So that's best for him at this stage. We thought he was tired last year. So we said, okay. And I talked with Jim a couple of weeks ago. I said, Jim, what about that 22 minutes for Tanger? And he said, well you know, it might be better if he plays 27 or 28. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you got to see how he looks. I thought he had a really good camp. I think he is certainly in better condition now than he was last year after the surgery. And to me, Mark, he's always been the running back who, like, the more carries he gets, the better he is. He's at his best when he plays 30 minutes usually, I think. So I don't think that's the worst idea. No, no,
0: no question, but I think in games where the result's not in doubt in the third period – Yes. I think that's where you pull, pull the reins in with, sure. with him and, for that matter, with guys like Sid and Gino. Now, will Derek Broussard come around? Because that third-line thing for him after being top six his whole career, mm-hmm. I think that's more mental than anything.
2: I do, too, and I think we need to judge him more on the eye test than we do necessarily how much he produces. No question. Because you know he's not going to get top six minutes. He's not going to play in the top power play. So it's probably not fair to expect Derek Broussard to, to perform the way he did once upon a time. Um, that said, he also has the advantage here of playing against third-pairing defensemen a lot. That's something Jordan Stahl used to take a lot of advantage of as well. So that can help him, but I, I will say I've been very impressed with him And I thought he had a very good training camp. He missed the first few days because of an illness. And I thought, boy, that might be really going to slow him down. Uh, No, he was great in camp. He looked really good in the preseason games. And keep an eye on Broussard and Brian Russ. There's some real chemistry, I think, between those two. I I expect those two to stick together for a long time on the third line this season, whether Simone stays there or not.
0: Let's address expectations for certain individuals, Josh. Uh, First off, Phil Kessel. Great regular season. Not a great playoff, but he still got points in the playoffs, and obviously he was hurt no matter, well, one guy says yes, one guy (laughs) says no, and Phil won't say anything.
2: Yeah, I don't care what they say. There was something not right with him in the postseason, and given Phil's postseason pedigree, In his Olympic pedigree, the guy always plays well in big games. So I don't think anyone needs to worry about Phil come April. And I don't know that he'll put up 92 points again. That's a lot to ask. It would be asking, you know, the power play to be that good again. It'll be really good. I don't think it'll be 26 or 27% good. That's really hard to pull off. So maybe his points will go down a little bit. But he's going to put up a point a game. That's just who he is.
0: What about Jack Johnson? who was already a target for local critics despite not having yet played a regular season game.
2: I've still never seen anything like what happened in July when they signed him. Um, the outrage was a little unprecedented, I would say. And I know the guy's analytic numbers aren't great, and he's a minus 100 and something in his career. I understand all yeah, of that. Yeah,
0: but that's because all the dipsticks who think they do this for a living but don't do this for a living, the only knowledge they have is analytics. That's That's it.
2: Well, that's right, Mark. I couldn't agree more, in fact. And I don't think Jack's a great player. I think he's a good player. I really do. And if he's your number four or five defenseman, which is how they're planning on using him, I think he'll be perfect. And I do believe that certain players are certain you know better fits in certain systems, and he's worked a ton with Sergey Gonchar that has done wonders with other players. And I think he'll be good. And one thing Jack can do is really carry the puck. He can jumpstart an offense. And Mike Sullivan, I know for a fact, told him before the season – He said, I want you to play the way you played when you were a kid. I want you to lead the rush. I want you to be aggressive. That's when we think you're at your best. So we'll keep an eye on that, and they certainly have no shortage of defensemen who can help them offensively.
0: Uh, What about the fourth-line centers? Centers. Shea (laughs) and Cullen and Grant. They could make a fourth line of all centers, and they almost do, and I bet at some
2: point they will. <laughs> oh, I bet we'll see that at some point. Derek Grant won't be sitting in the press box all season. He actually had a decent camp. He scored 12 goals in Anaheim last year. Not a great player, but he's okay. Um, if he's your 13th forward, that's pretty darn good. I promise you he'd be playing for a lot of teams in the league on opening night. And uh, Cullen has had a wonderful camp. Uh, the guy, I, you know, eventually he's going to slow down, but he can still skate. He looks as fast as ever to me. And Riley Shea you know, listen, I, they really like him. I think they think he can be their third-line center starting next season. I'm not sold on that necessarily, but as a fourth-line center, oh, yeah. And it's going to help so much with face-offs, Mark. When you have two centers like that on the fourth line, they can cheat like crazy in face-offs. If one gets kicked out, guess what? you got the other one, and they're both really good on draws. So you're going to see them in the defensive zone a ton.
0: Uh, what are your expectations for Matt Murray? Uh, I bet, you know, between uh, his his father regrettably passing away and the injuries he had... I bet he's real happy. Last year's in the rearview mirror.
2: Yeah, he is. I was speaking with him yesterday, and I said, "You're going to have a good year, aren't you?" I can just, I'm getting the sense, and he's kind of shook his head. He said, "Yeah, that, that's the plan." It he is. He has his confidence. Well, about. He's
0: like the best guy
2: too. He is. You know, I'm glad you brought that up because marc Andre Fleury, who will be in town next Thursday, by the way, he's his own special entity. We know that there's only one of him. But Matt Murray's one of my favorite people on the team. What a good guy he is and he just kind of has this confidence about him. It's not an arrogance, but he exudes confidence, and he's got it back right now, I think, more than he did last year. He had a very good camp, and he's got a chip on his shoulder. I think he's going to have a very good season.
0: Uh, Sid says he's going to play through 2025, the last year of his contract, and I yeah. believe him. Oh, yeah. But can he and Gino do more, produce more, achieve more? It's a high bar. They're in their 30s now. And it's so tough to score in the league in terms of putting up numbers. I... I don't know if they'll approach their old numbers, although Gino last year with 42 goals, that was impressive.
2: It was. Uh, they are still dominant players, clearly. No question. Uh, to me, those two and Connor McDavid are still the best three centers in hockey. I don't think there's much debate about that, well, really. Well,
0: McDavid's the only guy who's figured out how to get a lot of points in this league. Too many he can't yeah. figure out how to get his team in the playoffs.
2: Oh, he's awesome, but he also gets to play against a lot of bad teams in the Western Conference, by the way. That does help his cause a little bit. I, I-, I don't know if Crosby or Malkin will ever win another scoring title. But I absolutely think they can be more dominant. And, you know, athletes are just more dominant later into their careers in general. Look at Tom Brady. Look at, you, know, you can look at any sport. Look at Roger Federer. Like, you, I don't, you're true
0: in terms of big moments, not statistically, yeah. but in terms of winning and mastering those big moments. Yeah, look,
2: Sid did not have a great regular season for his standards last year, and then he had 21 points in 12 playoff games. Um That's what he cares about more, especially at this stage of his career. He
0: knows when to find a different gear.
2: That's right. I think they can still dominate for a couple of more years at this level, certainly. Now, eventually, the Penguins are going to have to complement them with younger players who can handle more of the load, and that's going to be an issue in a few years, the way things in the organization look right now. Not with Teddy Bluger. But for two or three more years, there's absolutely a championship window. And by the way, for people who are coming downtown to the game, it's pouring down rain right now. Bring your umbrella. Just noticed this. You know what
0: I've come to realize, Bob? When Sid said he's going to play through 2025, his career will likely outlive me.
2: Well, you always, you've been saying that forever, that he'll, his career will outlive you, and we don't know yet, but I'm, I'm pulling for you.
0: Uh, <laughs> I'll show you my x rays, or my medical report. You're
2: drinking water, it's healthy to oh, start. I, I
0: feel terrific. <laughs> uh, Gen, Gensel's intriguing, Josh. Not great last year. Uh, okay. A bit of fatigue, I thought, a bit of sophomore jinx but he was a killer in the playoffs.
2: Yeah, he always is. I, You know, the one thing about Jake, he is a really tiny guy. I don't know if people realize how small he is. I mean, he, there's not much to him. I don't know what he weighs, but he's one of the smallest players on the team. And, and much like Sid, he scores a lot of dirty goals. He's not really a perimeter player. I don't know if he can play that way for all 82 games, which might be why he struggles, not struggles, but you don't notice him quite as much in the regular season in the playoffs. I think the mindset is, I don't give a hell, I'm going to get beaten up, I'm going to go score goals. Um, Maybe he can't do that for 82 games. That said, he should score 25 to 30 goals, I think, playing with Sid. The chemistry those two have is pretty undeniable.
0: And I think one year he'll, like, pop for 35. Oh, yeah. Not not every year. He may. No, the thing with Sid and Jake is Sid plays like a coach. Uh, I've written many times that Sid paints inside the the lines. Mm -hmm. He colors by the numbers, and... Jake's a coach's kid. It, it, it is a totally logical match.
2: They play the same game. They really do. And I've told this story before. I, uh, Jake's just so smart. I, I said to Sid one time, yeah. I said, Sid, have you ever had a smarter line mate, just the guy who knows where you're going to be? And he said, well, I played with Hosa. I said, well, okay, I forgot about him. But other than him, he said, nah. He said, Jake probably is the smartest. He he said he always knows what I'm thinking. And that that's, speaks pretty highly of Jake Ensel. Uh,
0: it's the Pens and Caps tonight. Are these the two best teams? I think they were last year. I really do think that second-round series was a de facto Stanley Cup final. It wouldn't shock me if that turned out to be the case again this year.
2: I kind of think that is the case. I've believed that for a while. And, you know, I see the uh, odds in Vegas. I see Toronto as the favorite in the Eastern Conference, which is unbelievable to me. They have not won a playoff series under this regime. I I look at their blue line, and I don't see how they're the favorite. I, I like Boston. I think they're good last night notwithstanding. Tampa's very good. But to me... It's going to be the Penguins and Capitals in the second round like it always is, and I will pick the winner of that series to win it all probably. I, I, I believe that.
0: Yeah, I, I think San Jose with the uh, gang of three on defense compares to Washington-Pittsburgh. At least they have something nobody else has, and that can certainly be invaluable once the playoffs start. But in the East, whatever it is Tampa never had, I think they still haven't got. Yeah. I don't trust Toronto at all with that defense. And I think Boston Boston might be in a playoff fight before it's all over. Last night, uh, Rask and Chara, I know it's only <laughs> one game, but I've wondered when those two might hit a wall.
2: Well, Chara's over 40 now. He can't keep doing this for much longer.
0: And they can't keep giving him all those minutes. No, they still that's right. To.
2: And my sleeper team in the East, I don't know how much of a sleeper they are. Keep an eye on Florida. That team's really good. Mine too. I really, really like that team. They're a playoff team for sure. Now, you look at the Penguins' division, too. Listen, it's Pittsburgh and Washington just like it always is. I don't think Columbus is as good this year. Philadelphia is going to score a lot of goals, but the problems they had last year still exist. So I, it's, it's very clear to me Pittsburgh and Washington are the best teams in the Metro and very possibly in the league still.
0: What's your take on the Wilson suspension? In the reaction, I thought his teammates, I know they're his teammates, but I thought they went a bit overboard defending
2: him after the game last night. Boy, I thought they did too. Um, and you know, it's funny, people say, oh, Matt Cook played in Pittsburgh. Let me tell you something. I still remember right after Matt Cook delivered one of his crushing hits, Billy Guerin, who was on the team at that time, his teammate, said, I'm sick of this guy. I don't want to play with him anymore if he's going to play like this. Um, eventually, you have to call it like it is. And if teammates are going to continue to defend him, that's not going to encourage him to change at all. I, I, I had no problem with the punishment. I think it was accurate. But I'm not going to let uh, the Department of Player Safety off the hook. They've ignored the guy for far too long. And I don't know that they necessarily gave him 20 years to to put him in line and teach him a lesson. I think they gave him 20 – I say 20 years. I'm at 20 games. Should have been 20 maybe Maybe, the Freudian slip. But I think they gave him 20 games because he embarrassed them because you know they've taken so much heat because of this guy. And well, then he and did it again. long
0: ago, the Aston Reese hit was, was just literally like what? 14 or 20 games ago.
2: Yeah, I mean, and, and he should have been suspended two other times in the playoffs. What he did to Wenberg in the Columbus series, what he did to Dumoulin, I think it was game two in Washington. So he's embarrassed them to the point that they finally said, all right, enough of you, buddy, we're giving you 20 games. But, but, then, but then
0: the players, his teammates, embarrassed themselves yep. by defending something that's indefensible. Then again, Josh, I've always thought, even though they won the Cup last year, and I'm a big fan of Reardon, Orpic and yes. I respect Ovechkin, they're a low-class organization, as evidenced by omitting any mention of Barry Trotz from their banner-raising ceremony.
2: Yeah, I didn't like that at all. The Islanders
0: Um, didn't play last night. They should have flown the guy in.
2: I I think it would have been a really nice gesture, in fact. Um, Well, listen, the Capitals' owner is a very interesting character.
0: He's a piece of
2: crap. Well... I'm not disagreeing with that at all, but I heard Ovi is a Liverpool fan. Did I hear you say that?
0: Ovi and Cousy. Is that
2: How do you feel about My that? My new
0: buddies, Ovi and Kuzi. Do
2: you have mixed feelings? Are you going to visit them in the locker room tonight? And, I'm
0: curious yeah. to see what they think, think th- about that travesty at Napoli yesterday. Do you think they'll have
2: their Liverpool scarves on?
0: I don't think they will, no. <laughs> That's Josh Ovi. Thanks to for stopping down here at Buford's. I'm going to talk to Bob McLaughlin next,
2: 105.9. This is Matt Murray of the Pittsburgh Penguins, and you're listening to Mark Madden and the best hockey talk on the home of the Pens, 105.9 The X.
0: It's Double M Live at Buford's on 5th Avenue. I'm joined now by Bob McLaughlin. Bob brought to you by 84 Lumber. Bob, the Caps raised the banner last night, but they totally omitted Barry Trotz from the ceremony. He wasn't mentioned over the PA. He wasn't shown on the Jumbotron. That is low rent and petty beyond description, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I agree with you. Unbelievable. Um, like you said, he didn't play last night. They could have brought him in, and while that might be a little bit far-fetched, get a video tribute from him or something like that. Just something. It's so easy to do right now. It would take 90 seconds for him to record something and play it on the Jumbotron. Ted Leonsis made all his money in tech and AOL and all that crap. stupid that they didn't have him back in any form or fashion.
0: And obviously that didn't happen by accident. And Bob, never mind. Oh no, n- never mind him sending a ninety-minute speech, ninety-second speech in. Just show him on the bench on the jumbotron when you're showing highlights from last season. But they never even did that.
1: Yeah, and even I agree with you, Mark. Show him on the bench. Show a picture of him holding the cup. Put his name up there somehow. Give him the chance to get some applause. He had a huge part of them turning all of that around to getting the cup last year. Just uh, you know, petty, as you say.
0: Tom Petty. Now, uh, what about the Capitals players, in particular T.J. Oshie, vehemently defending Tom Wilson and saying he shouldn't have got 20 games. Uh, Instead of opening your mouth to be known to be a fool, just keep it shut and, you know, leave some dot. And I I think the Capitals would have been wise to follow that truism last night.
1: Yeah, I get your point on that. I do realize, though, it must be tough when you've got a teammate like that, you know, for... You know, keeping the room together and keeping the room tight. And, you know, that's we've always talked about how... What, what, what? Now, Bob, I'm not expecting Oshie
0: and the other Capitals to put Wilson on blast. Right, right. I, I expect to say it's like a, a rough deal. Could have been a fewer games. You know, we're behind Tommy 100%. But instead, I hated the what aboutism. I hated Oshie talking about what Marshawn did when he went after Eller last night, which was regrettable, but not in the same class.
1: Right. Oh, yeah, exactly. And don't bring it up then. I mean, you're asked about one thing. Don't just all of a sudden transfer it to something else that has nothing to do with it. Um, you know, Eller dropped his gloves. That was, you know, parenti- quote-unquote, a fight. That was nothing like what Tom Wilson did. So And has done many of times. Tom Wilson's paying for it right now. You're right. They could have given some, like, just blase statement, well, he's got to play within the rules of the game. We we hope he gets back soon. Um, but I can understand them sticking up for their boy, too.
0: Yeah, I, I just think they went too far. And and, and like uh, Josh Owee just said, when Matt Cook was uh, doing his best impersonation of a war criminal playing for the Penguins, guys like Billy Guerin would speak out against it, as as well as would I on this program.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I heard you talking with that uh, with uh, Josh about that, and I remember specifically, um, you know, a couple of times you were incensed about how was he going to get the message, when was he going to get the message? It's embarrassing to the logo, and that was pretty much what people around the league were saying. At least now, Wilson. Well, we talked about this yesterday, but twenty games has to give that guy the message, and if it, if it's not received this time you know, I would be okay with a season. If he does it again, you would have to go with a season. Because now, if the NHL is embarrassed leading up to this, as you and Josh talked about, imagine if he does it again. Then they're just going to be, uh, I mean, they'll be pissed. It would have to be a season.
0: Well, Yoey brought up a good point when he commented on the remarkable frequency with which Wilson has perpetrated such heinous acts recently. He got suspended for the Zach Aston reese hit in the playoffs, but there were two other hits in the playoffs yeah. on Wenberg and Dumoulin he very easily could have and should have got suspended for up. Uh, I heard Phil Bork this morning on the DV morning show. He thinks Marshawn was right to go after Eller. He thought that Eller overly celebrated the seventh goal in a seven nothing win. Uh, I agree. Eller <laughs> went a bit overboard. I don't know if he deserved what Marshawn gave him.
1: Yeah. Borky was uh Borky was all for it. That was old time hockey last night. Um, I understand coming—you know what? I saw Rupp yesterday. Rupp was all for it also. So I guess guys of that generation, guys who played that rough and tough game and, you know, who wanted you to keep your mouth shut or pay the consequences, you know, that's the way they're going to stick to it. But the thing about the fight last night, Mark, was that you could tell Eller wanted no part of it, but he dropped the gloves, so it continued, and Marshawn just tagged him twice with two on-the-nose And not Marshawn's nose, so I don't know how that didn't get hit. Yeah,
0: if Eller would have hit Marshawn on the nose, he would have broken his hand.
1: Right, and then the cut. The cut on the head when he got back up. um, It just looked a lot worse than I think it actually was. It was just another run-of-the-mill NHL fight, except it was a littler guy on somebody who had been squawking. Maybe Eller, lesson learned.
0: That's Bob McGaughan. He's brought you 84 Lumber. In just a moment, and you won't like hearing this, and you can get ready to call in and call me a racist or just bitch at me in general. But I'm going to tell you why hockey and the Penguins are so much better than football and the Steelers. 10590X.